I have failed so many times <laughs> culturally. I have failed in so many ways. And the interesting thing about failure that I think is that what feels like failure to us individually, generally, other people don't see. And other people don't understand in the same way that we do. Just the same way that an artist makes a uh, painting or maybe a home builder builds a house and they see the imperfections. They see the problems with it. A painter paints something. A, you know, you restore a vehicle or you fix and repair. For me, I, I'll repair bikes and I'll fix bikes up and try to restore them. And you see the imperfections and you see the problems. You see the quote unquote failures. However, there are so many pieces of that failure that nobody else sees. Entrepreneurs shouldn't be stuck. It's unnecessary, it's frustrating, and unfortunately, it's where most of us end up landing. Your business should serve you, your dreams, and the future you set out to create. So let's destroy the myth that you have to work 60, 80, or 120 hours a week in order to make your dreams a reality. I'm Jay. And I'm India. This is the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. Let's, let's get, get to it. it. Well, I love this point because you are an expert in yourself, right? And so if you're looking at these up close failures or to you failures, you're looking at these, these problems, these issues, these negatives in your life up close, then you see them and you're like, oh man, I am failing in so many ways, but other people aren't experts on you. Only you can be that expert. And so therefore these things pop out and they're, they're so annoying. And I actually, I want to pull out something that you said earlier is you said you have failed culturally. And I, I really wanted to touch base on that, Jay, because how, what do you mean specifically on when you say you failed culturally? Well, when you look at the cultural standard and expectation of what it takes to achieve and accomplish or to fulfill the certain dreams, you look at different things and there are certain things that I haven't achieved, or there are pieces of the business that have failed. There are pieces of uh, our marketing agency that has failed, or as a videographer that I failed at. And there are ways, there are things that I can look back on and I can be frustrated with, but then there are a lot of people that on outside perspective, and we've experienced this a lot in the last year, is people have talked about, oh, you guys must be killing it. You must be and, mm -hmm. and they've watched this, this journey over the last five years and we figured things out, but it's not without failure. Would 18 year old you think that you have failed because you haven't achieved 18 year old you's dreams and goals and vice versa, would future you think that you have failed looking back? There are certain expectations that I believe everybody has of themselves and to some extent, you're going to be able to achieve those things. To some extent, you're going to fail. But if you're willing to be kind of fluid with some of those goals and dreams, and please don't hear what I'm not saying, is that I believe that wholeheartedly in goals and dreams. But I also believe that things shift and things change. Mm -hmm. And you can look ahead into the future at 
you know, as an, as an 18 year old, as a 15 year old, as a 30 year old, as a 50 year old, you can look into the future, you can look into the past and there are pieces that you might not have expected. So for example, there are people that will be uh, surprised with the birth of a child. And so it's like, oh, I had these dreams and I had these goals. And, uh, and in our case, we, we, thought through and we kind of had a plan for when we wanted to have children and, Mm -hmm. and it, it fit in. However, there are still pieces of the future that you look ahead towards and you don't totally understand how much we'll call space that kids will take up. And so when it comes to, when it comes to like failure um, of, of, Oh, I didn't reach that goal or that dream there was just a lot of energy that had to be put elsewhere. Well, going back to the Who is Jay episode that we did a few weeks ago, I really want to point this out, is that your dream, your plan was to pack up and go east. And now, would 18-year-old Jay say that you have therefore failed? Okay, so... My I, guess is that 18-year-old you would be frustrated. Okay, so I, I, I want to I talk on this because... In the episode where I talked to India, where I interviewed India, I said that I would talk more about what my plans were because there was this girl that I met who asked me or told me, you need to have a plan. My mom says you need to have a plan. So then the, <laughs> I said we'd talk about crazy. it. crazy. <laughs> so then I said we'd talk about it next week, and we didn't talk about it in that next week, in the Who is Jay episode, because we forgot to include that. So – my plan was I was going to pack up and go east, and I was going to pack up the kayak on the roof of the truck. I was going to put a mountain bike on the roof of the truck. I was going to put the snowboard inside the canopy of the truck and hang it from uh, the roof of the canopy upside down. I was going to put a mattress in the bed of the truck, and I was going to go east. And at one point, I told somebody this, and they said, like, Fievel. And I said, no, he went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> he went west jay oh my god goes east jay goes east <laughs> anyway, we should make a movie it, oh it would have been a hit flick <laughs> yeah anyway all of that to say that was my plan at 18 however looking back i sure am glad that that's not what i did <laughs> <laughs> um it, it depends on who you asked did i fail did I fail at what I wanted to do? No, I didn't do exactly what I wanted to do, but I ended up staying here. You and I built a life together. We had tons of fun. We went on tons of trips. I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't trade any of those trips for what I could have done. It would have been really boring and really lonely because I was going to travel alone. I was planning to go over and make friends. I was planning to probably get like lost in a river somewhere. And Alone. Alone. <laughs> yeah. That's safe. There are movies about that and they don't generally come back. Nope. But when it comes to failure, again, I want to, I, I want to come back to this is that there is a cultural expectation and there are, there are cultural expectations that we place on ourselves. Now, whether they're realistic, whether they are reasonable, whether they actually matter, they could be taught from your past like parents, absolutely leaders. And just because you don't hit those milestones does not mean that you have failed. Mm-hmm. And so when I said that by cultural standards, 
I have failed. It's the cultural standards that I have placed on myself, mm -hmm. the beliefs that I had. But then when I talk to people and they're like, wow, you're killing it. And to, to a lot of what they say, we are killing it. We have some freedom. We have, we have obtained a chunk of freedom in our lives, which is why we have redirected our business to help entrepreneurs discover freedom in their lives. That's our goal is we want to help them bring that same freedom to their lives because it has been freeing. This is why I believe that failure is perception. 100%. Failure is perception. Especially when you put it on yourself. I mean, yes, there can be people in our lives that have just blatantly say, you have failed. You are a failure. You have failed me. You have failed others. And that sucks absolutely sucks. But I, I do have to recognize that most of the time, it's that internal failure because of things that we put onto ourselves, these expectations of what life will be like, or these goals that we might have. And, and it's really hard to be willing to let things go to shift and change or, or even take a step back and look at the bigger picture instead of the wall that's right in front of you. Something that I have struggled with is the willingness to make these choices. I refer to them now as sacrifices, or I like the word you used earlier is trade. I look back on these times and there, there is a few that I can very distinctly remember. And one of them, I think one of the first ones was the moment that we had the conversation of you and I were dating actually. And you said, or maybe we were engaged, but you had said, India, are you sure that you don't want to go to a four-year college? Because we met in the, the local community college. My plan was to transfer on to a four-year. I really wanted to go have that, that great experience uh, <laughs> to go and live in a dorm and hang out. It was purely just for the experience. What the experience you thought was going to be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was perceived, of course, right? And you said, by choosing to marry me, because for some reason I couldn't have both. I don't know why we it got to that point. But at the end of the day, you were concerned that I was going to regret the decision to not go on to a four-year school. And I remember thinking and just being like, well, it's not, I'm not choosing to go on this path. Like I envisioned a fork in the road and I was choosing between going to the four-year school or marrying you, really staying with you and, and pursuing this plan that we would have together. And, and it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm going to choose it for the boy. You know, it had nothing to do with that. I remember thinking, no, that was what I wanted, but this is what I want more. And so I think about that as, as like a trade or that, that pathway choice. And if you fast forward to the time that <laughs> people thought we were crazy yet again, that we had sold our house. We were, I was five months pregnant. We were homeless but living at somebody, we were sleeping on somebody's couch. And I told you that we needed to, to buy a trailer to live in just in case while we were searching for that, that dream property that had land. It didn't have to have, I mean, our rule was it had to have power and water. And as long as we had that, we could just, we would buy it. And I remember thinking in my mind that if I chose this path, if I chose to make this sacrifice to have this land, to have this dream property, I would be losing an opportunity to build out my child's first nursery. 
to, to create that experience that I had always dreamed of since I was a little girl that I really wanted to, to, to prepare and, and nest in and, you know, get it all ready and beautiful. And that I would have to trade that for a trailer in the snow. And it was really hard, but I just knew that at the end of the day, I had so much peace that that was the right choice. That was the sacrifice I was willing to make in order to achieve the dream that I truly, truly wanted. You could look at that as being failure. You could say a lot of people actually watched us and thought they're crazy or I could never do that. And I, I could look back in those moments and think, oh man, did, did, is that a failure because I didn't have that nursery experience? Or was it a failure because I didn't go on to a four-year school and chose to stay in our local town and do what we did? No, absolutely not. I made the right choice, but I, I bring it all up because you can look at it as failures. You can stare at these, these things and focus in on the negatives, or you can say, wow, I ended up choosing a different path. When it comes to your business, you have decisions to make, which seems obvious and it, and it kind of is obvious to a certain extent. But when it comes to your business, you have decisions to make in which direction that you're going to go. And you're always going to come to some sort of fork in the road and you're going to have to choose which way you go. And you're going to essentially you know, fail and let down one direction. Now, you may choose the correct path you may choose and you may win uh but but you also may miss out on some opportunities and there's the adage of fail fast or there's the adage of fail forward and just the idea of being able to move through failures and and mistakes if you want to call them that so that you can get to the success and you can get hung up on those things but if you do all it does is slow you down I remember a time when I did exactly that. I quit so poorly at one of my first jobs. And I realized that you think like, does this exactly make sense with what we're talking about with a business as going back to me when I was, well, I was a very young employee and it does. And here's why. When I chose to allow gossip, which is exactly what I did to just overtake me and my opinion of the boss that I worked for, it had ruined one of the greatest relationships that I had had with somebody. I loved my manager before, and then I just slowly allowed gossip, my own and others, to just kind of overtake my opinion. And then this day, it was the worst day, one of the worst days of my life, honestly. I, I look back on it and I am so ashamed. And I walked in and I said, I'm quitting, everybody hates you. And I just yelled at him and I walked out. It, it was just horrible, absolutely horrible. And from the moment that I left that job, the moment I walked out of the building, I knew that I had screwed up. And I carried that moment with me for years. I felt ashamed. I was terrified that I would run into this person in town. I had completely screwed up. And the reason that this relates to business is when you allow your failures in your past to control you, I, I, I started having fear just all the time. It, I, I couldn't stop the thought process going over. It was like replaying in my head over and over and over how much I had just completely messed up and embarrassed myself, especially when I was trying so hard to set a leadership example for the people around me. It was amazing to me how it had just overtaken everything and it had gotten in the way. And failure 
does that or it can do that, if you cannot let go, it will cloud so much of your decision making and it will get in the way. And it wasn't until the moment that I decided that if I ran into that person, I was going to take action. I was going to go up to them. I was going to apologize and I was going to make good on what I had done because I was wrong and I was dumb, but I knew that there was always a way to do something better. So once I decided to let it go and just flip it around, instead of staring at the problem, I found a solution and that's how I made it through. One of the tough things for me has been failing and looking back on that and letting it cloud the decision-making for what we do moving forward. So looking back and, and we did a, we called it the back to the future uh, series episodes where we talked about looking back and on our past selves and what we would say if we were, if we were in the past and looking ahead to our future selves and, and one of those things was to niche down. The one, the one thing that I could have done better was developing that niche in what I was doing. And I could have focused a little bit more industry heavy. And I was so worried about missing out on opportunity. So if you are a videographer, a photographer, if you are starting a marketing agency, if you have any sort of a brand that doesn't have a built-in industry um, to the ideal customer or ideal client that you serve, I would encourage you to develop a niche because I look back at that and I, I made a mistake by, I, I missed out on a lot of opportunity, a lot of money, a lot of skill, a lot of growth that I could have experienced. And that is a, a big looming piece of what I would call failure. Now, I'm telling you this, but the reality is that nobody really sees that unless I tell them. Mm -hmm. Nobody really sees exactly what it was that I failed at. Nobody sees the way that I failed or nobody sees the weight that it has placed on me from that failure unless I tell them about it. But that failure is a part of who I am and what I do now. And so I can choose to continue carrying it as a burden and as baggage, or I can use it to help my clients and help them hopefully avoid that pitfall. As you move forward, if you can look back on some of those pieces and allow yourself to use those failures to propel you forward. And we did an episode at one point called uh, Hindsight. And the whole idea of it was being able to see hindsight before you get to hindsight. And we use the, the conversation, the adage of hindsight is twenty twenty, And that's really easy to do. But what if you were able to see hindsight before you got there? And your failure is the same way. In the moment, it feels so big. It feels so taxing. It feels so daunting. When you're stressed out about money, when you're stressed out about um, family and you're you maybe overwhelmed and you're about to have a child, you're about to get married, you're about to change your life in some major way. And it seems so big and so daunting or, you know, people in a situation that are about to lose a home or maybe you're living in the trailer, the situation we were in, we were living in a trailer for 
a year as we were remodeling a home and it got to be a really, really small living environment. And it's interesting because the moment that we got out of that trailer, everything seemed to disappear. Mm -hmm. All those problems. And immediately we looked back and it felt like it was so long ago and like it was such a minute detail in our lives. Even like an hour later. <laughs> yeah, because now it's over. Mm -hmm. And we've been in situations that have been, have, have had similar levels of tension and similar levels of adversity. And it feels so difficult and that hurdle feels so massive. But as soon as you're done, as soon as it's over, it doesn't feel quite as defeating. And to be able to look at some of the failures that you've either had or that you're, you're maybe going through right now and to be able to say, yeah, but once I get through this, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to care. It's not going to matter anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded of Harris III's conversation at Story Conference where he talked about, I, I think this was Story Conference uh, 2019. He was talking about liminal space. And I actually shared this with a, a friend this week. We were talking about how liminal space, at least from Harris's perspective, and I absolutely loved it, liminal space is seen very commonly as a negative thing, but it's actually should be seen as a really positive thing. And the example he used is, let's say you're an author and you've just published a book and it was, it was amazing. You finished the tour, you've done all the things. And you're at this moment where you're sitting at your computer and you're kind of waiting for the next big idea. You get, you get writer's block or, or you really struggle or you come up with these ideas, but they're just not as good as that last idea. And then a week goes by and then a month goes by and then months go by and years sometimes. And it just keeps going and you're like, why can't I be where I was? Or you're also thinking, I just want to be where that next big idea is. And in that period of time is what he refers to as liminal space. And it's really easy to get caught up and think that liminal space is awful because it's just exhausting and you feel like you failed or you worry, you know, am I that one and done author? Is there ever going to be another book again? Am I only going to be able to contribute to, to the world as much as I've contributed thus far? Is that it? Am I, do I have to like transition or change into something new or whatever? And if you look at liminal space instead of doing all of that worry, look at it instead as a, as a positive thing, then you start taking every day for what it's worth. And you start seeing like, oh, I wonder what will come today. And, and you get excited and refreshed and renewed. And you see this as an opportunity to, to try new things, to have new experiences, to learn new things. And you don't look at what you provide the world as, or whether it's your creativity or your business or whatever, you don't see that as your identity. You are you. You can create and do many things. What you do is not who you are. And when you start embracing that liminal space, then when the next idea does come, you get excited and that's great. And you know, and you know, you've made it through, but you are able to be at peace and happy with today. And that is something that I was really challenged on, but I knew that if I could just get to that mindset, 
I would stop seeing myself as a failure comparing what was and being excited for what would be, but just being proud of what I am now. I have a friend who lost everything. And this was years back now. And they had home and vehicles and they had their business and they went through a season where they lost all of it. And it took a while to recover. And it's interesting because as him and I were talking and having a conversation about this, we were hiking and we were talking about the, the, the hindsight portion of this failure and how it was, it was big, it was looming at the time, but looking back at it, it wasn't quite as terrible or traumatic or it didn't take nearly as much to recover from as it feels like or as maybe the, the banks want you to believe. And he said, yeah, it was painful and it, it hurt, but more than anything, it just was more of a, a blow to morale. It was a, a blow to the pride, right? And it, it was frustrating there. But as far as the reality of his family and being able to figure out what was next, being able to move on and being able to recover from that, it didn't hurt as bad. It didn't knock him down as much as he thought. And and he recovered. And where he's at now is in a much better spot than he was even then. And it's really cool to see. It's really fun to watch and to be able to, to see that recovery take place. And I want to be inspired by that. And I want to be encouraged by that. And I think those listening to this should be encouraged. Like think about your own moments of failure. And then I would try to put them in perspective of how big of failures are they really? Mm -hmm. Is it really a problem or does it just seem like a problem to you? It speaks to the resilience of humans and more so it speaks to the resilience of entrepreneurs. And I say that because entrepreneurship is in your blood. If you are a true entrepreneur and you are kept awake by ideas at night and, and you have these dreams and these goals and you just, you feel this pressure to make these things happen, to make them come to fruition in your world or in the world, thinking about, you know, how big these dreams are, big or small, whatever they are. These are the things that you just feel deep in your core that you need to make happen. And it drives you nuts sometimes that you can't make them happen. But no matter what you do, if you have to go and get a job to supplement your income, if you go bankrupt, putting everything out there, putting it all on the line, if you make a mistake, if you screw up something, it doesn't mean that you can't recover. You can overcome these things and you can look back and say, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. But the importance is to recognize that no matter what you do, you will never stop being who you are. Marketing Breakthrough is a community of entrepreneurs with a vision of creating meaningful, sustainable businesses that allow freedom, fun, and adventure in their lives. Time is the only resource you can't get more of. So we believe in finding a way to achieve our entrepreneurial dreams with freedom in mind. We've designed this resource hub of tools, tricks, and techniques to grow your business and live the life that you set out to create.